Today I've come to Mount Eden in Auckland, where I've met with Grant. Grant's a family man with a Model X, and he has a great amount of experience, experience, see what I've done there, to share with us. And I think with Model S's and Model X's becoming a dwindling site in comparison to the usual Model 3 and Model Y, I think the Model X makes a much more interesting choice, and I'm looking forward to learning more about them. <laughs> My name's Alex, and this is NZ All That's Tesla Podcast. Thank you, Alex. That's a great introduction. So um, I wanted to do this because I really enjoy driving the Model X and I wanted to just tell a bit of a story about it because you might learn some stuff, well, not you personally, but you know, people oh, who me. own Teslas. <laughs> yes. So um, we actually looked at a number of different um, EVs and we're considering buying one. Ended up going to Tesla because I admired actually pretty much just the technology and what um, had been done there. So what happened was Looks got offered a car as an ex-demo in the end and uh, it was a cream interior and I had to negotiate with my son because he wanted wide interior and we argued for quite a while <laughs> um, and came up with that uh, if he we would buy it as long as he promised to clean it the interior which is still a bit of a, no a sore point with me because it's not always happening and is it actually a leather interior in those or is it a plastic Ve vegan leather vegan leather and actually okay. I was just reading um, I haven't actually read the article yet but they're now suggesting that this vegan leather may not be as sustainable as it they thought and some leather suppliers are suggesting it actually i found it to be very uh, durable and as far as i'm concerned sustainability is all about how long does the product last you know that's the yeah, most important yeah. thing for me well anyway it, it's yeah. actually wearing, wearing very well so yeah really enjoying the um Tesla Model X because one of the main reasons is it's used for transport for my family and we use it to actually move Marley my son <laughs> So from the uh, from gymnastics, he's a com competition gymnast. Yes, and you mentioned the yeah, chalk. So they, they they have chalk what on the hands to stop yes. sticking to the bars. Oh, and all over their clothes. Okay. As a matter, of fact, matter of fact, at the gym, there's actually clouds of j chalk, chalk smoke. Dust. They actually yeah. have a gym monster, a chalk monster, I think it's called, which actually filters the air in the gym. Oh. Um, so originally, before that, we'd had a uh, Kashkai, Nissan Kashkai, and that was just this has been a massive change for us. Unfortunately, we had a few incidents which have given uh, precision auto works and business for us right. for them because yeah, yeah we well you live, it. you live in a part of Auckland where it's really tight and narrow it must be quite a, a skillful challenge maneuvering through these streets I mean even just in my little model three I find it a little <laughs> bit frightening so I, I can really sympathize with the difficulty there and I mean I don't want to put too much of a point on it but there's also a bit of a a tall poppy syndrome sometimes in New Zealand where if you've got a wonderful new large vehicle it must be a very expensive one have you had any of that sort of thinking with the <laughs> no not really I've had one panel be to stand outside and uh, make some very loud and critical comments about the uh, the panel work actually but no nothing about the actual um, cost of it generally so people what I meant by that was that people haven't you know had a hard time with you having an expensive vehicle it's been well received as yeah, a, as yeah a I think they vehicle. love it yep. yeah so um, what happened was when we first bought it I took it uh, actually literally almost the second day I owned it down to the football fields and my son was just so pleased and at the end of the football he actually jumped to the car when I wasn't watching and he turned on the um, Model X X light show. <laughs> yeah. Now this is a football field with about eight to ten fields, 
It is really loud. It produces a huge sound. I can't even understand where all the sound came from. And then the falcon doors were flapping up and down like a seagull. I tell you, I could have crawled under a stone. I was that embarrassed. <laughs> so, yeah, the car's been great. We've done some really good uh, road trips. I do a lot of, not a lot, but an amount of uh, mountain biking. And actually, I'm going down to Rota Vegas this weekend. Um, but what I do like is, you know, that if I stay somewhere like Novotel, I don't always stay at Novotel, but I do, then I can get a free charging with a destination charger. Yes. And they actually have sparkles and things in there as well, which is really nice. And then we have a really great day of mountain biking because the bikes, the uh, rack is really nice and secure on the X. So I've got a, uh, I bought the rack, bike rack from uh, Tesla and it fits the removable Swan tow bar that right. comes with yes. the car. So, yeah. Do you have, um, no, I, I, I've answered my own question. I, I, I don't know why, but roof racks cross my mind. And of course, not possible with Falcon Wheel yeah, doors. Yeah, exactly. Which is why having a secure rack on the back is such a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other point that I was going to ask that been out in there was the destination charging. I'm quite a proponent of destination charging. It works for people like me who make long trips and then are somewhere for several hours before they yes. go back. Um, but I have one question. Some models charge at a higher rate than others, don't they? So does yours charge at 22 kilowatts or is it the 11 kilowatts of the... Oh, I don't know. I think um, it's the 22. Two, uh, yeah, they're not the... Um they're not the, uh, what do you call it, the Tesla uh, chargers. Right, right. Yeah. Then the, well, they are Tesla, but not the uh, high-speed the high speed ones. We just leave it overnight, parked outside. Yep. And in the morning we wake up and, surprise! All she's good to go. All good to go. Yeah. Okay. So um, my partner also likes taking the car away on road trips. And actually, she she, she likes the romance mode with the uh, fireplace. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, she thinks it's very funny, and actually, she, her and her girlfriends have often um, done the done a not often but done a bit of car karaoke as well. Have you done that, Alex? Are you a bit I fan? can't say that I'm a success with car <laughs> karaoke. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever used it. I think I tried it out just the once. I've also tried out the tracks program that allows you to write your own music. You can sequence your oh, own instruments, no, and that's that. that's a great way to pass about half an hour waiting for someone. That that's really good. <laughs> so. Um, the supercharger's down in uh, Talpo, and it's been uh, really uh, just such an easy experience, um, mainly uh, because I meet so many friendly people when I'm at the uh, Talpo supercharger. That's the main one I use when I'm going down either to Oakuni or to Talpo or just around that general area because, of course, Rota Vegas doesn't have it. Um, and yeah, I've learned lots of useful information. Like so, Rota Vegas is Rotorua for our, for our <laughs> listeners. And they now do have superchargers. There are V3 yes. superchargers, I which I tried out the other day. And my car charged faster on those than it's ever charged before. So oh, good to know. It's quite novel to, after four years, see yeah, your yeah. car doing something which you've never seen it do before. Um, so, the, yeah, to talk a bit more about this charging thing. So, how do you charge at home? Because you're parked in the driveway, aren't you? Oh, so yeah. So, I have to reverse it and then the charging cable's just over here so right, right. i've just got a, a tesla um, charging unit whatever it's called and i just plug it in now what i have just moved on to is the genesis ev plan and i get no commission here uh which uh, lets me get um off-peak charging at 19 cents a kilowatt right not bad yeah yeah so one question i have is have you driven an ev at all before is this your first ev or yeah the only other one i've ever tried is an e-tron ah, okay yeah yes. and i tried the um what's it called the sedan the uh, sports hatchback one or something i don't know it was great but it just didn't feel like it was a true ev it was just a an audi with a 
EV motor, if sure, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to Tesla, where it's completely rebuilt. So, yes, it's a sort of ground-up thinking, isn't it? I know what yeah. you're saying. I wondered if you'd driven a Model S as well. Can you enlighten us? Are there many differences? Mm. I mean, I've, I've driven both, and I was yes. just interested to know what you thought. <laughs> I did, actually, and my stomach is still sitting somewhere at Henderson because the, we tried the ludicrous mode, I think, right. and it was just phenomenal. Yes. Now, the Tesla X doesn't have it, and that's probably great because it saved a wear and tear on my tires because I would have been using it. Right. When I first bought it, I used to do some pretty serious accelerations with it. But yeah. I wore so yours out. is the 75, is that right? Or is it 100? You, it's a long range with two, in, two motors. <gasps> right. Yeah. Yours is what I call quite a late model one, where they were calling them standard range and long range, although yeah. calling them long range and performance to yes. be more precise. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a standard range, it was just long range and performance, which was the rough equivalent of the um, 100D and the P100, I think. Is it? Okay. The previous range. Yeah, well, yeah. So I think I think you have a, a 100 kilowatt hour battery. I feel like I haven't done my homework now. <laughs> it's okay. But I hope that our listeners will... Uh, re- really, my aim in this interview with you is that there are probably a few Model Xs coming up in the second-hand market. I know that those of us with smaller Teslas, if we're family people, we're probably quite tempted you know, to, to switch to a Model X as a, as a family vehicle. So I guess that's really the purpose of this chat today. We thought we would count off a few of the aspects of running a Model X as a family car. Sure. Well, um, buying the Model X is quite a few behavior changes by me Excellent. and the family. So um, one of the first things is just about charging. Right. Uh, where we have to charge more frequently. We charge frequently as opposed to when we used to just fill up the car with $200 worth of petrol once every week, two weeks or one right. to two weeks. Yes. Whereas now um, the idea is that you want to keep it about, say, 60% and actually charge it regularly. That's a change for my partner because we have to reverse our car up our driveway to get the cable to reach the charger. And so it's just not so happy. The other thing is that with the Falcon doors... I've had to train my son not to get out on the roadside because I've got this I've got this little living fear that someday he's going the Falcon door's gonna go up and some car's gonna drive too close and just swipe it off. So. I don't blame you. I remember seeing a video on the internet of a double decker bus or something in one <laughs> yeah. taking off a Falcon wing door. Oh, there you and go. I think the the Falcon wing doors more than anything else, they encapsulate this what I call concept car aspect of the Model X, where it was an idea they had, and Elon saw it through to fruition yeah. by getting his people to make it work, no matter what. And they had to invent a new technology. They had to figure out how to put ultrasonic sensors behind door skins in order mm, for mm. this to function, simply because Elon didn't want visible ultrasonic sensors dotted down the, the side. Mm. Uh, I think another point to mention is that unlike the gullwing doors on earlier cars, such as the DeLorean or the Mercedes, you know, old Mercedes 300 mm. SL, uh, unlike those, these fold in the middle. That's the crucial difference. So by folding in the middle, they can take less width to open. So yes. that is the advantage. Do you find, because you live in Auckland, you have mm. parking areas. The one that comes to mind is under Aotea Square, for example. Have you parked in those areas, and do you find that there's enough clearance to open the Falcon Wing Yes, doors? never had a problem yet. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, they, they seem to cope very nicely. I've had, um, and they've got really good sensors, so 
uh, they will just stop. And so I think once or twice, mostly by accident, accidental um, triggering the sensors, they only open half, and then we right. just have to sort of sneak underneath it, but yes. not in the underground car Well, parks. it's better for it to be that way than the other Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Although I heard a story from my um, panel beater. He said that someone actually drove into their garage and had both the Falcon doors up and actually ignored the big sign that was saying, Falcon stop. doors up, yeah. stop. Yeah, and took out the Falcon doors. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, yeah, there'll always <laughs> be accidents, you know, places where people are not paying attention. But I think, uh, by and large, it sounds like they're actually quite a practical solution, despite the fact that they are a concept car feature, as I call them, because they were such a, an engineering effort to put yes. on the vehicle. And so I think for most of us, it's probably the most distinctive feature of the Model X is the Falcon wing doors. Yeah, no, it was. So what I was going to say is that I've also had to slow down a little bit now. I really got fascinated with how fast the acceleration was, but actually I wore my tyres out. I think I first set of tyres after a year. And how many kilometres would those tyres have lasted? I didn't actually notice, actually, but it was pretty embarrassing because... yeah, but then my partner has also got a little upset because initially she couldn't find the makeup mirror. Not that she uh, needs to use it all the time or anything, but she finally found it, and it's actually a flip one with a built-in light. So she was very pleased, but um, yeah, for a while she was very unhappy with the car. Cause so, it, so, so hang on. So <laughs> just to just to keep track of these quite different points, we, <laughs> we need to avoid using the acceleration all the time. Otherwise, we chew out the tires in a year. <laughs> we need to be aware of where to find the illuminated makeup mirror. <laughs> and we need to make sure that we're always aware of whether the Falcon wing doors are open or closed before we <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got it. Yeah, this is okay. pretty clear. So charging has been interesting. Uh, we did, uh, for example, book one time to go to Waitomo in the early days, during COVID actually, and uh, booked a motel with an EV charger. And of course, it didn't supply any char- charging cable. Oh, I've had that. Oh, sorry. You mean no cable? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've had it a lot where I plug into destination charging and no power actually comes out. I yeah. get this in a lot of places. And I think it's mainly just down to who operates the charger. Sometimes they're just not turned on. But uh, you're saying that you didn't have a cable. So what did you do? In the I, bought, I, ordered, I bought a. Well, I couldn't do anything there. I had to go to ChargeNet. The local uh, one of the supermarkets, but thank, I've goodness, since... thank goodness for ChargeNet. Eh? <laughs> I know that ChargeNet has got many of us out of a out of a pickle. <laughs> well, as I said, I was saying before, um, with this new plan I'm on, I get to the same price at home as I do at ChargeNet when I'm uh, actually out on the road. So that's Excellent. quite good. Yeah, um, and I get no commission. Uh, but also, I bought so I just went out and bought a cable from um, AliExpress, actually a charging cable, so just Ooh, in case. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must confess that I did something similar, but when mine turned up, it was very short. So, I, I mean, is yours sort of seven meters long or something? Yeah, or, something like oh, that. it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's quite a reasonable length. Mine, mine's, yeah. mine's about two meters, uh, and yeah, basically, you just have to watch very carefully what you get. It's generally much easier to buy a charge cable from a supplier in New Zealand because they've gone through the process of getting a, a suitable quality uh, but you knew i'd say that that's just my duty bound to our <laughs> listeners it's certainly interesting to hear that you've managed to you know buy one from aliexpress yeah yeah no it works fine um but i actually haven't used it much now oh last time i used it oh um was i was staying at the uh park hotel down at uh Ruapehu, you know oh, the, yes. yeah yeah and they've got a charger just a um what do you call a Test slow one, one. Yeah, yeah no 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 and uh yeah that worked just an overnight because that's the other point to watch especially when you've got a model x or a model s where the charge 
rate is up to 22 kilowatts. I think yours is 22 kilowatts max. Now that's three phase 32 amp. Well, basically the cable needs to be three phase 32 amp. And quite mm. a lot of the cables you can buy are actually less than that. There's oh. three phase 16 amp or they're single phase 32 amp. So it is a point that you, you, you've got to be very careful. If, if you are buying one of these cables yourself, you've got to make sure to get the maximum charge rate out of it. It needs to be the maximum rated 32 yeah. amps, three phase. So, um, car's been pretty reliable. Um, I remember one time we were driving again down through Hamilton on State Highway 1. Right. Remember about the first three months we owned the car. We're driving along, and the car rebooted while we were driving along. Oh, so that's a black screen with a T logo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine that would be disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you find the indicators and things still worked, or did yeah, they Yeah, the basics working? worked, I think. I can't right. remember if the indicators, but yeah, we I just think... kept driving. <laughs> Good on you, yeah. I think on a Model S or Model X, I think the indicators actually stopped working in that situation, so you might have to wind a window down and resort to hand signals <laughs> yeah. under the, by the letter of the road code. I mean, it's a long time since you and I studied the road code, but if you did, you'd find that you are still allowed to use hand signals in those situations. Uh, so if you were sort of driving through a roundabout or something serious, I guess that's something to think about. But anyway, so you've had a spontaneous reboot happen once, yeah? Yeah, I think it happened again, but um, overall I haven't seen it now for about a couple of years, so I think it must have been some bug. That I think it's like... software related. I think yeah. it's when they when they force a software update um, in some circumstances, then the car will actually restart, because I've seen Model 3s do it as well ah. recently. Okay. Um, yeah. Then the other thing that was quite um, recently is I was down in Mount Monganui actually for the gymnastic national competitions and um, went to the, oh, a severe, the farm place. The, severe lack of charging in Mount yeah, Monganui. Yeah, yeah. So you went to Farmer Auto Village. Yes. yes. There's a charge net there. Yes. That wouldn't release my um, charger out of the Tesla. Right. And I didn't know this, um, but there's actually a cable you have to pull yes. in the back of the car. And right. I didn't know where it was yes. and couldn't find it. So here I was sitting um, inside the car, turned upside down, trying to poke my head in there, trying to find the cable. And the engineer was very kind. Um, from uh, Tesla was helping me over the phone. But he, he didn't have a mobile phone, so I had to email him all the photos to try and get him to guide me to find where the cable was to pull. This was over two hours, and in the meantime, there's a guy who just had his car d delivered by um, transporter, flat, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, who I think was completely flat or something had happened to it, and he had to wait for about an hour and a half before he actually got... Because got, I was holding it up. Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite sad. It's sad in a lot of ways, because I obviously lived 12 minutes away from there, so I could have, well, maybe 20 <laughs> minutes, so I... I could have come to help, uh, but I guess it's one of these things where it's still quite early days in the big scheme of all these things, and until everybody knows how to solve these problems, what I would suggest happened is it's an ABB-type charger and probably had a little software glitch which mm. interrupted the power, and therefore the car behaved as though the power had been turned off, mm. and it, it keeps the plug locked in in that situation. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the problem there. So I think really it's not the fault of your car. It's the fact that power was probably lost on the on the charging side of it. Mm. I've personally found, yeah, shall I say, mixed reliability with, with chargers, different brands of charger. I, I, look, I, I know Tesla superchargers are relatively expensive, but I, I find that they're really trouble-free totally. in comparison. So yeah. 
I when I'm away from home, I prefer to use Tesla superchargers. But there we go. Uh, yeah, to their own. No, and some of the good features of the car. Um, I had the car Homelink Homelink hopped up. So basically, right. my yes, gate. Opens. I'm lucky. I've got that in my car as well. Oh, God, so. Not many people have Homelink these days. It was only included <laughs> in some of the early Model Three. Ah, okay. And actually, when my car arrived, it was not included in it. Uh, however, my order said that it was. So I went back, and they simply fitted it for me yeah, for free. Nice. And I bought the. the interface from Tesseries, which I just connected to my good old 25-year-old garage door opener. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so anyway, you've got obviously some lovely modern gates there. I see that there's yes. the uh, sliding steel type. Yeah, yeah. And it just opens automatically as you... Yeah, so that. it's a really nice little... Uh, it was a nice bonus, but probably one of the ones that's been most interesting is the electric suspension, uh, where the car can go up and down, you know, basically. Right. Yes, Have you got that on yours? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Model 3s are a basic steel suspension. Whereas Model S and Model X has this sophisticated adaptive air suspension. So t- tell us how you found that. How's it? Oh, it's been to- well. It's really good for um, driving around, uh, doing rat runs around the you know town because any bumps you can basically sit it and lift up the car and you can go over them faster. Oops, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, well, no, it's true though because <laughs> in my car I have to slow down. I, yeah. I care about my car, and so I don't. I don't <laughs> race over, you know, ridges yeah. in the road. So basically it slows me down, all this uh, stuff. In fact, I was having a whinge about this today to somebody <laughs> in Hamilton because where there used to be a roundabout in Hamilton and Cobham Drive, I grew up in Hamilton, so yes. I, I know it really well. I remember breaking down on that roundabout once and being mm-hmm. stuck mm-hmm. in the middle of the roundabout. So I'll never forget. But now they've replaced it with a sort of big intersection that's not a roundabout anymore. Mm-hmm. And much to my annoyance, they've put speed bumps either side mm-hmm. of it. So just as you're trying to see the road layout, you're distracted by a wretched <laughs> speed bump. I know the aim is to slow people down, but the reality is a bit more than that. The reality is a lot of crashing around and a lot of diverted attention. I feel that sometimes I've, I wish our roads were designed for a smooth flow of traffic rather than to uh, yeah, slow s- people seemingly down. slow yeah, everything yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it was really useful during the flooding in Auckland um, yes. because... I had to return my son's friend home, and I didn't realise it was, as you know, you know, like Wayne Brown hadn't actually even, I think, made a full announcement about it at that stage, which is about, I don't know, early, late afternoon. I remember that for the trip home, I have friends that live on the North Shore, and some of the roads were completely submerged, yes. and it was something that they'd never seen before, and I've yeah. certainly never seen it before. Yeah, well, I was driving to Green Lane, and um, basically, I can still remember on the right-hand side, there was two cars floating in the water little um you know small cars suzuki type you know those little small suzuki cars well at least in a model x you're not <laughs> going to have that problem because the doors are going to let so much water in that it will sink straight away <laughs> well that's what it's going to be and the suspension because you just lifted the car up i'm joking of course yeah, listeners. yeah yeah we we could talk about door seals you probably haven't had any problems with those have not you? yet no one one day one day but but it's like model s door handles it, it's something which was ambitious and eventually it fails but some of the model s is now are 10 years old so it's expected that there's the odd broken door handle here or there i would accept that for for the sheer coolness of this but seriously being able to raise the suspension yeah it helps you get through deeper water does it so it helps you well yeah but i learned since then that i shouldn't uh, well we're stopped from actually driving through some deep water and i i thought the person was just um wanted, worried that, that i would cause waves of water which would flood right. into their house yes but the other reason is that you can't see the obstacles underneath That's the water true. so yes. uh, yeah i didn't get to t- do the full um four-wheel drive type uh, testing in the d- deep water but yeah it wasn't bad oh, yeah it's, it's certainly good to have that extra suspension height so ongoing um 
Yeah, I think hopefully I might look at uh, solar panels next. Uh, yes, I'd like those. Mm. I bought some shares in a solar energy company thinking it would be a growth industry. I've lost half the value of my shares, so oh. there's no solar on my roof yet. Uh, mm. That was my strategy for buying it. <laughs> um, get... I kind of wish that I'd just you know spent the money anyway because, of course, solar is a really good investment and in it, returns, it returns value the whole time you have it. Mm. Uh, you're not mm. dependent on... Um, you know, conditions. I mean, cost of electricity could go up and therefore you get more of a return on your investment, I suppose. Feel bad for not having done it already. Yeah, how far along have you got with that? Do you think you'll have a battery as well or do you think... Um, I'm not sure. The batteries are expensive. Um, there's actually an event at Tesla next week, actually, between Harrison and uh, Tesla. So I'm, I'm going along next Tuesday nice. uh, and have a listen again. But yeah... Certainly, it, I think from... From a personal financial situation, the battery probably doesn't make much economic sense. But from a betterment of Auckland's infrastructure, it certainly would, because it would help to reduce peak demand. Yes, and, yeah. And yeah. if you have batteries, you can actually store the electricity, and then they can t- they take it off during the day. They're doing, I think, you interviewed on someone recently about that. Actually. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we've certainly spoken to a few people about solar. Yeah. Um, Martin's interview is probably the, the best. But I also interviewed uh, Mark Nolan in Hamilton, who has a very large solar installation on his house. Yeah. He put as many solar panels on as possible. He's <laughs> generating serious power, which, as I say, is very good for the, you know, the community at large, right. even if it doesn't make a whole lot of economic sense for the, for the individual. But, so, but Mark's very happy. Um, so everybody with solar, it's like owning a Tesla, everybody that has solar is very happy. Those of us sitting on the fence are usually doing so because we can't see much of an economic case. But as a good friend of mine who's probably listening to this, as, as he said to me, he said, well, everyone works out the payback period for solar, but nobody works out the payback period of a spa pool or the payback period of a new kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And he has a point. Yeah. So why is it that we're happy to spend money on a new kitchen thinking that it increases the value of our, our property? But for some reason, I, I think there's a simple answer to that which kind of segues into my next uh, question about the Model X. So we are coming back on topic. But one aspect I found when I investigated and spoke to real estate agents was that apparently there is a lot of confusion when you sell a property that has solar. The first question is whether it's owned by Harrisons or the like, because under certain agreements, uh, Zero Solar, I think Mm, it's called, you don't actually own the equipment. Mm which means when you sell the property, all that equipment has to be removed, basically, or the next owners have to take over the contract under the same terms. Mm. So that's a problem. But even if you bought the panels yourself and installed them and had it all sort of what I call turnkey, where the next person comes in and it's all working, even then, the people buying the property do not seem to attach fair value to that equipment. Correct. Yes, that's what I understand. that's my biggest concern, because I have a partner who may wish for us to move somewhere in a few years, and it worries me that yeah, yes. you're in the same boat. <laughs> so I'm in the same boat. We've been here a long time. Yes, and yes. Yeah, mm. so that's it. I'm, you don't do it for a return, because return on my numbers seem to be at least 12 years. Okay. I was finding if I went for panels only, not mm. a battery, my, yeah. my and I do quite a lot of driving, and my return period was more like six years. Yeah. But at the same time, it's conditional on you know staying in the property. Now, related to the idea of uh, a loss of value with solar equipment, what about a loss of value with a Tesla Model X? Have you been worried about depreciation at all? Is that something that, no? Not, no, not, not it's much. like a house. It's just a service. It's something that I bought, and I know it's a car that 
it, that moves us around and gives us pleasure. So very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, hope to keep it for a bit longer than probably in normal cars because of yeah. the upgrades, but. I see these cars, the Model S and the Model X, I see them in quite a different light now due to the fact that they're not sold new in New Zealand. Yes. I, I see them as being a real modern classic. It's a car which has an enthusiast following and it has a certain appeal which mm. is not satisfied by these cheaper, newer models. I mean, my car, if I was to replace it tomorrow, I would probably replace it with a long-range standard Model 3. Well, you know, a Model mm. 3 long-range, which is, you know... A dime a dozen, really, compared to a Model X. What would you replace a Model X with? Well, all you can replace it with is another Model X, really. Mm. And so, to me, the value of the vehicle should, you know, be fairly stable compared to the others, which become outdated or outmoded. I mean, take a Nissan Leaf, for example. Great little car, no problem with the Leafs at all. But the reality is that as, as other models have come to the market, the mm. value of those Leafs that are out there has fallen. Mm. Whereas I see a Model X as still being just about the only um, large... It has depreciated. I mean, I did actually just recently um, check it only because of the insurance. Yes, I think that's very important. I spoke to this in a recent interview I did with Rob where I I noted that insurance premiums had increased roughly 20% this year. And the only way through this was to be realistic about your insured value. I found with my car it made a considerable difference. Yeah, it didn't seem to make huge amount this i don't know the insurance for the x was is pretty horrendous it's, i it's, think you're into a different league i, I think yeah. the car is more like an exotic car to yes. insure and i think that you would be uh, sorry i'm just sort of trying to give general advice to our listeners not necessarily yourself but uh, generally you'd be better off to consult an insurance broker or speak to star insurance Oh, okay. They are particularly good at insuring exotic cars. Yeah. And so I, I think that it is a case of tailor-making a policy rather mm. than mm. trying to fit within the... Uh, the oh, that's the good to know. Yeah, Yeah. well, I've owned a car in my past, as most listeners will know, I owned something very expensive before Model X sort of money. And as a result, I ended up with a specialist insurer because it just wasn't feasible with, with ordinary insurers. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that um, the car also has as a feature, I bought the enhanced autopilot. Ah, right. Yeah. Let me find that. <laughs> right. Um, for the parking, auto parking seemed to work, but recently I'm not sure. I haven't seen it working. <laughs> and from other podcasts overseas, I think they're saying, hmm. Well, my lips, my lips are sealed on this because uh, I think regular listeners probably know my views. <laughs> I uh, haven't found the auto park feature useful when I've tried it. I also haven't found the, the auto lane change very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that's... The problem with auto lane change in my experience is that it sort of waits too long before making the lane change. And the longer it waits, the harder the lane change gets. So I prefer to do the lane changing myself. Yeah, exactly. I love the standard autopilot in my car. I find that on expressways, such as my trip home tonight, it will make a major difference to mm, my trip home. Mm. It will literally halve the amount of effort that I put in on yes. my drive home because with this new expressway, it's like we've moved to another country or, or it's like we've fast-forwarded about 30 years in terms of the progress of that road because we're mm. now at the stage where we've got a modern dual carriageway and I have no problem at all with letting my autopilot drive my car on those roads. I, I, I feel that it's completely in control of the situation and it's probably paying better attention than I would. 
Whereas there are other roads I drive on, such as coming over the Kaimais, where I don't feel that autopilot is paying enough attention. I feel yeah. that it's not yeah. leaving enough space. It's tending to hug the center line mm. uh, and things like that. So anyway, so that's my feelings on autopilot in a nutshell. Uh, have you found the summon feature useful at all? Yeah, I've used it once or twice. Um, I think it will be useful. I get stuck in a in the in the shopping centre and I can't get into the car, but I haven't had to do that yet. Um, that would probably be where I use it. I could use it in my driveway here sometimes. But oh yes, because your front doors automatically swing open, do they, when you come to the car? Is that no? I've got that sw- feature switched off because I had a scare one day. Actually, okay. I can't remember what it did. Oh, it used to open the doors. Used to open automatically. Right. Um, and I was on some busy road and I could just so the door swung open and I think a car went past and I just about had additional grey hairs. So, <laughs> so those sort of features are all switched off. That's uh, interesting. I know that Martin, my co-host, is probably listening to this and sort of shouting at it because uh, obviously he drives a Model X. I haven't told him that I'm doing this interview. Uh, I, I consider myself quite naive when it comes to the Model X and so I was looking forward to uh, just having a, a different perspective and again, just for the benefit of people who are interested in these vehicles. Yeah. And so that's very interesting. So uh, one thing that I would like to see on it is actually a pedestrian warning system because I've had it. I reverse my car out of that driveway here and it's reasonably pedestrian a lot of people because I live only two houses down from shops, a big, big. And also, so two cases where I've had people walk while I'm reversing walk behind me because I don't think they hear the car look I can absolutely understand that because I, I just came in here earlier and there was somebody walking along quite oblivious with mm. headphones on and also there's quite a bit of traffic we're a little hard to describe where we are uh, and you don't want me to describe where we are <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's just the fact that we're we're sort of about a block away from a fairly busy road and mm. so there would be enough traffic noise to make it impossible to hear uh, an electric vehicle reversing out of a driveway. So I I can understand yeah. how people would miss you, and I can understand the risk here. I think the Americans just probably don't have narrow little driveways coming out onto busy streets. They they probably don't have this problem. Although I'm just that's a complete you know yeah. I'm just making that up. I haven't been to. Uh, San Francisco yet, but I'm on my way there at the end of the year. So I'm really? looking forward to seeing mm. Teslas in their natural habitat because <laughs> I feel that uh, sometimes they are a little bit out of their natural habitat, you especially to, in England. If you're going there, you need to pop over to Los Angeles and go to the Peterson Museum. They've got a big Tesla exhibition and until April 2024. When are you going? Uh, it will be before that date. So. Yeah, you try and make it because um, if you're interested, I'd love to go actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Um, apart from that, I was just going to say one thing I was found really interesting is I'm interested in this new uh, startup called Airship RV, which is making these the same. The some of the people who work for Rivian and Tesla have designed this caravan like. So is this like a is this like an airstream caravan by yeah. any chance where it's aluminium and it's a large sort of it's not aluminium basically it's I think it's fiberglass and glass but what happens is the it's half of it the wall actually lifts up so when it's driving it drives only about uh, three four feet off the ground oh, and then when you basically park it you can lift it up to eight feet off the ground the um the walls the walls oh that sounds jack very up. cool doesn't yeah. it yes and it's got an electric motor right and battery and solar system yes so it's, so it's a sort of nice natural fit to ev yeah. lifestyles of people who want to go travel so the electric motor what drives the wheels or just operates the motion of the opening of no the... it drives the wheels because unfortunately when you tow 
uh, it uses a lot more of the energy of the electric. Sure. And you, they're saying it uses up to 50% of your range right, right. when you're towing a heavy vehicle. And so they make a so they make this airship RV with a battery and motor so as yeah. to avoid the mm. drain on the vehicle. That's fascinating. I've yeah. not heard of this yeah. before. And they, uh, yeah, no, you want to see it. And what they also do is it... Also, uh, using the motor, it can use it to park the vehicle, to park the uh, caravan. Yep. You, let's, you can actually do it remotely. Right, yes. So for those people who are not good at uh, power, you know, parking or to, with, to, with a tow. Yeah, yeah, it's reversing a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so have you taken your Model X camping? Is that something you've done? Uh, no, not yet, no. I've, uh, no, we usually just go away different places. and um, Like this weekend, we're going to Airbnb, so... Oh, good on you. I, uh, it's just one of those things. I'm always a little jealous when I look at a Tesla and you opened the tailgate for me before and I see mm. this huge tailgate rising and I think, gosh, <laughs> look at all that space to get in there for, you know, spending the night. Whereas I obviously don't have that with my car. I, I have heard of people sleeping in the back of a Model 3, but quite frankly, I'd rather sleep under a bridge, I think. I mean, it, it must be so uncomfortable with the, uh, you know, with the hard edge of the seats and things like that. So. Well, you'll be pleased to know there's a mode for sleeping inside yes. it. So it's it's all ready to go. I've got to admit, I've just never done it yet. No, hasn't arisen. But it, but, it, <laughs> but it could. You know, you could you could do that. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, any questions for me apart from that? Then please ask. Well, I think I've probably covered off everything I was <laughs> I was concerned about. We talked about tires, or you mentioned tires. Although uh, speaking of tires. Have you tried any other brands of tyre at all? Is that something? We've been getting them from Tesla, actually. And I've right. priced around, but I, on average, it's about a year and a half to two years. I'm trying to be more careful. But they are expensive. And I believe that Hancock have got... Uh, Hancock tyres, yeah. Hancock, I yeah. bought mine because I noticed Tesla were using the Hancock tyres on the long-range car rather yeah. than the performance. And I thought, mm. well, it's good enough for a long-range Model 3. It's probably good enough for mine. So... Mm. I put them on, and the first thing I noticed was the steering did feel slightly different. It was lighter and smoother, mm, mm. and that meant r- running over ripples in the road was a little smoother. But it certainly had taken the edge off that sports car feel, which mm. ultimately is why I bought my car. So yeah. uh, next time round, I will probably go to Costco and yes. buy Michelin tyres from Costco. That, that will probably be my next move. I think ultimately you do get what you pay for. There's no uh, free ride. And the best strategy is to try to get the best life out of the tyres. Mm. Not mm. just by slowing down, as you mentioned, but also <laughs> by regular wheel alignments. I'm a real proponent of that because yeah. it turns out that if your wheel alignment's out, you can chew out a tyre quite quickly. I've discovered that quite recently and it now looks like I'm going to have to buy just one or two tyres, which yeah. is frustrating. Yeah. I would rather uh, wear out all four tyres. It's the more sustainable way, you know, if you get a longer life out of the tyres. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that's so that's that. The, How about the, sorry. No, I was just going to say the Tesla's got two different size tyres as well. Oh, you've got staggered tyres. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. you can't even rotate across it all. You can only go left and right, left and right on the front and rear, yeah. This really is a Model S, but with a uh, with a concept car body, isn't it? It's, it's like that. It's like that silver chassis we all saw in the showroom. It's basically one of those, but with mm. slightly taller rear shocks and a taller body mm. on it, which is really quite different to a Model Three. A Model Three and a Model Y, for that matter, is a another fresh start, so another fresh design, totally different. There are many people that 
get confused and think that a Model S and a Model 3 are somehow the same car. They're not. They're very different under the Correct, sun. yes. And the Model X is, is, I always refer to it in the same sentence as Model S because they are very closely related. How do you find the frunk in the Model X? Uh, when we first had it, I think we, were, we saw people actually looking at us quite strangely and we couldn't understand why. And then we realised that it was because we were putting suitcases into the... So it's big, isn't it? There's yeah, lots, it is. lots of space. <laughs> but since then, I've learned to use it to keep all the... Um, actually, the charger adapter. Oh, yes, because yes. when I go away on trips, yes. I usually keep it in the um, back boot, but then I can't get it out easily. So I keep all the sort of stuff I need um, quickly in the front frunk. Yeah, so it's good. I hope you keep your Model X for a nice long time. Thank I, you. Uh, I, I think that it will be a vehicle that's very difficult to replace. I realise that there may be some difficulties with you mentioned panel work things like that are likely to be you know always a little more expensive than for more mundane models out there but i think you are you know you are fortunate to have bought at the right time i think i think you'll look back at this moment in years to come and you'll think gosh we were lucky to have those expensive evs on the market because i think the trend is always towards less you know the trend is towards cheaper uh, taking over more of the market is ultimately mm. Tesla's goal. Yeah. And, we, and we can't criticise them for doing that. We, can, we can't criticise Tesla for reducing prices, reducing features, cost-cutting, if you like. And so the product gets better all the time, but better in a broad sense. And I think that a, a special vehicle like your Model X uh, will not be replaced easily. Mm, thank you. No, we're really enjoying it. We enjoy it for road trips and um, just for the fact that it it's a platform with new technology and we we really want to be sustainable so i'm glad you've made that jump i really Mm. am and it's been great to talk to you today thank you alex i've really enjoyed us yeah i've really enjoyed that you shared your story with us (laughs) now if anyone else has a story to share or indeed any questions about this story please get in touch with me my email address is alex at all that's tesla.nz or in the South Island, Martin at all that's Tesla.nz. We always look forward to hearing from our listeners. Thanks again, Grant. Thank you.